Welcome to my Sober Militia podcast. Today's episode is called Three Conflicts of Sobriety. Last week, I reverted back to my personal fascination with the concept of core beliefs and how they can affect our ability to succeed in life and especially in sobriety. The reason I'm so intrigued by this concept is that it has affected me greatly in my own sobriety and I can't help but think it can help others in their sobriety as well. There were two areas of my life where the way I perceived things largely diminished my ability to overcome problems in my life. The first was the way I perceived myself, and the second was the way I perceived alcohol. These are the two areas of my life I will focus on while speaking to the concept of core beliefs because they are the most relevant to the subject of sobriety. It is important to remember, however, our core beliefs and perceptions affect all aspects of our lives, not just sobriety. Three areas of conflict. In the framework of core beliefs, there are three areas we must first understand in order to successfully negotiate a positive change in our lives. Most of the time, when we are trying to make a change in the way we live our lives, We understand one or maybe even two of the areas associated with a problem we want to change. If we are still struggling, it is generally because we don't understand at least one of the three areas of conflict yet. The three areas we must understand are cognitive or the way we think about things, emotional or the way we feel about things, and behavioral or what we do as a result of the other two areas. Generally speaking, for addicts, the area of behavior is quite obvious. We drink too much. We do too many drugs. We smoke too much. We use sex as a drug. There are many behaviors and substances associated with the makeup of an addict. For the most part, once the addict recognizes their problem, the addict wants to stop a particular behavior. While this is touted as a great first step, it is not the most important. When I first started my journey, I had several addictions I needed to come to terms with, but for the purposes of this blog, I will focus on my addiction to alcohol. It is quite easy to understand the behavioral area when talking about an addiction to alcohol. I drank too much. Trying to understand the cognitive and the emotional areas can be a little more tricky. What we think and what we feel about our addictions is sometimes the entire problem of why we are using a substance like alcohol in the first place. For some of us, we don't like what we think about, so we find something to drown out those thoughts. For others, we don't like how we feel, so we find something to numb our unwanted feelings. It doesn't matter what we use to drown our thoughts or numb our feelings. As long as we are doing behavioral, those things, we are going to struggle to understand the most important question of all, why? Behavioral. As I said, this area is pretty easy to understand, but let's take a look at it anyway to be sure we are adequately addressing all three areas of the problem. I drank too much. Throughout my life, drinking too much has been a problem for me on some level. From my introduction to alcohol, some of you may remember my story about getting drunk at the age of 12 while babysitting, to my functionally alcoholic adult life. Alcohol always played a role in how I dealt with my problems, feelings, thoughts, and the world in general. It was an easy answer to everything. 
If I didn't like the way a scenario played out, I drank. If I didn't like the way someone made me feel, I drank. If I didn't like a decision I made, I drank. If everything was going really well, I drank. If there was someone or something to mourn, I drank. If there was something to celebrate, I drank. If there was nothing of note happening, I drank. You get the picture. I drank for any and no reason. Drinking was the negative behavior I engaged in, and I wanted to change that behavior. Why? I got tired of waking up in the morning feeling like death. I got tired of making incredibly poor decisions that affected more people than myself. I got tired of not remembering important events in my life. I got tired of needing alcohol all the time. Are these adequate reasons to quit drinking? That is a question for you to answer for yourself. I, personally, don't believe they are important enough reasons to quit successfully. There are so many more aspects of an addiction we have to take into account before we can successfully walk away from the behavior associated with years of engaging in an addiction. Yes, hangovers suck. Yes, paying for bad decisions suck. Yes, losing years of my memories suck. Those are just symptoms of a much larger problem. Hangovers are not the problem. The true problem lies in the why. Why was I drinking in the first place? Why did I rely on my addictions? Why do I need to escape a reality many people negotiate successfully every day? Choice. The behavior aspect of our addictions is simply the addictions. It is the thing we are doing that causes problems in our life. Whether it is a substance that gets in the way of our ability to live well, or physical behavior that gets in our ability to live well. It is something we physically do, and more importantly, it is something we choose to do. The idea of choice is where I see many people get hung up with their addictions. It does not feel good to admit that I am choosing to do something damaging to myself or others. It does not feel good to think I have more power than I thought. It does not feel good to know I could have changed my behavior at any time. It does not feel good to know I have consciously chosen to destroy my relationships, my memories, my family, my career, and my life. It doesn't feel good to say I had a choice. It doesn't feel good, but it is true. Some of us believe that our addictions remove the choice component from our problems. I have a hard time with this because I believe this way of thinking encourages a victim mentality. Blaming my problem with alcohol on the chemical components and addictive natures removes my ability to overcome those things. Do I believe there are chemical components to my addiction? Of course I do. But I have to also believe I have the ability to make different choices. I have to believe I am stronger than my addiction. I have to believe I can choose to live a better life. I have to believe that the choices I make are mine. The reason I believe so strongly we can choose not to drink is that most of us do it every day at some point. We make a conscious choice not to drink in the morning. We make a conscious choice not to drink at work. We make a conscious choice not to drink while driving. We make a conscious choice not to drink when we are doing something dangerous. We make choices all the time that suggest we have the power to choose not to drink. The only difference is in duration, but how long we choose not to drink is up to us too. Anytime we act in a particular way, 
we make and have a choice. I believe the first step in successful sobriety is owning the choices we make. Until we do that, we cannot own our sobriety either. The next step in successfully changing our behavior revolves around the idea of understanding why we make the choices we make. This is where the cognitive and emotional components come into play. As you will see in my blog on Thursday, these components can be much more challenging to understand and grasp than the simple behavior. Today I started talking about the conflicts of sobriety. And to be clear, I don't mean this to be only about sobriety, but I'm talking about some of the things I'm learning in the core belief and perception framework that suggests there are three things that we need to be aware of and fully understand before we can correct a problem. The first of those is our behavior. And it's not really that it's in any particular order. It's more that to me, the behavior is the easiest thing to understand most of the time. In drinking, the behavior is drinking. I drink too much. That behavior is what I'm doing. The other two areas that we need to understand are the cognitive or how we think about things and the emotional, how we feel about things. Those two, I feel, are much more challenging in trying to understand. And it can be somewhat deceptive because we can think we understand why we think the way we do, or we think we can understand why we feel the way we do. But the deeper we dig into some of these areas, we may find that what we're feeling and thinking is really not what we thought. And that's where it can get a little confusing. So as I said in the blog, a lot of times when we're trying to correct a behavior or a problem or change something, we'll understand one or maybe even two of these areas. Generally, the bigger problem is gonna lie in the third, the one we don't understand. And it may not even be that we don't understand it. It could just be that that is the most difficult for us to deal with. If you think from a um, emotional standpoint, if something makes us feel really bad, we don't wanna think about it. We don't wanna feel it. We don't wanna know about it. That's why we start using it in the first place. The longer we suppress that feeling and avoid it, the longer we're going to build up a resistance to anything that's going to give us any information about that thing. And so over time, that can become really difficult. And so when approaching you know, our addictions with these core beliefs and perception frameworks, we have to take into account that we got to go through these you know, kind of one in, at a time. Um, and with addictions, like I said, the behavior really is the easiest component because it's the thing we're doing. It's our action. And in this blog, I took that to a, a little bit different step and talked about the idea of choice because choice is an action. It's what we're doing. And I believe that it's not only knowing that we are making choices, but what's more important is why we're making the choices we make. But to back up a little bit there, we still have to know that it is a choice. And a lot of people want to lean on the idea that addictions remove the choice component because it's something we have to do. And the more and more I dig into my sobriety and read about it and listen to other people's stories, 
the more I start to think that we do always have a choice, even in addiction, because we make choices a lot every day that suggests that we do have a choice not to drink, even if it's only for a moment or two. If we don't drink in the morning because we work that day, if we don't drink because we have to get into a car, if we don't drink because we you know we're going to be involved in a dangerous activity, if we don't drink because our partner might get upset, whether any of these are valid or not, if we make that choice not to, even for a moment, then we are showing that we have the ability to make a choice not to drink. And so that's why I like the idea of, of keeping choices, I don't know, paramount in our sobriety. So the first step would be owning that we did make the choice, you know, because if we own that, then we can own the next steps of our sobriety as well. I kind of feel that the longer we put the ownership of that on something else, like the chemical component of alcohol or the addictive component of alcohol, if we let that be the driving force, I think we were removing our power, which may prohibit us from successfully becoming sober. Just a, something to kind of think about there. Um, and then, of course, you know, once we own the, the choices, knowing that we, hey, we made those choices to do this thing, once we own that, that's one step. But it, I don't think that helps solve anything. What we then need to do is dig deeper into those choices. Why are we making those choices? And that'll be the next part of this block. And I'll start writing about that on Monday. So I'll start with the cognitive aspect of why we are making these choices, which means what are we thinking about? What are we thinking that's causing us to choose to drink? Thanks everybody for reading my blogs, for listening to my podcasts. I appreciate all your support. I'm truly loving this journey, loving the people I'm meeting, loving the relationships I'm building. Um, it's a really, really a great experience. So I hope everybody had a really great weekend. You're going into your Monday, start of your week, strong, feeling good, sober, happy, and uh, safe. Stay strong, stay safe, stay sober. Mm-hmm.